thank you for tuning in to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. While I spoke with the executive director of the National Association of School Resource Officers last year near the beginning of the pandemic, neither of us saw the impact of what happened next and how the national conversation turned to defund cops and scrutinize the use of police officers in our schools. Well, with me here today is our guest, Mo Kennedy, talking from Orlando, Florida, where I'm presenting on recruitment and law enforcement at the National Academy Conference. And Mr. Kennedy is hosting the National Association of School Resource Officers. Well, thanks for being on the Policing Matters show again. Uh, welcome, Mo Kennedy. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be with you. Well, things have indeed changed since we last spoke, um, or maybe you could shed light. Maybe it hasn't changed. We've seen school districts in California along the West Coast, places like Colorado, where uh, they're scrutinizing school resource officers or school police programs. And um, you're going to you're you've got the pulse of school resource officers and what they're doing in the schools. Um, what's the theme at your conference this year? Well, the theme at our conference this year, which just happens to begin this Sunday uh, afternoon, is serving together to protect all. And we're serious about that. And, you know, we have always taken an approach of, you know, the old um, you know, mantra of protect and serve, and that's still critically important. But we go a little further with that to protect and educate uh, is where we come from. Uh, and so, you know, working in schools as an SRO is a whole, whole different environment than being out on the street. Uh, and so when we're looking at that theme for this year's conference, it's one we've really thought long and hard about and good SROs, uh, in schools, good, carefully selected, specifically trained SROs really are all about, uh, you know, uh, serving, serving all in that environment. Uh, and that's that's really who we are. Okay, so uh, what's what's been the sense of um, morale and the issues from the SROs themselves? Are they asking, hey, can we talk about this this year? You know, I, I have to tell you that uh, in the last six weeks, I have attended seven different state association conferences. I've never done that many in that period of time, but a lot of makeup from last year, and I just really wanted to be with our folks. And so let me point out a couple of things. Uh, four of those seven have experienced record numbers of attendees, uh, way beyond anything they've ever had. Uh, and the other three were right at their normal numbers. So, so you know, <laughs> over the last six weeks, I've been around probably 3,000 school resource officers in those state associations, and we're getting ready to host about 1,200 at once here at this national conference. And they are all, I, I, I gotta tell you, the folks I've been around are incredibly focused right now. And some of the issues that we're really serious about touching on right now are students and their and mental health issues. Um, we know it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out, that students have been severely impacted by what's happened. Um, the pandemic, uh, the social justice movement, you name it, they've been severely impacted by it and as, as has their mental health. And it's something that SROs are really focused on in terms of first, how do we help the students? How do we understand the resources that are there for them? How do we be, be continue to be that trusted adult in that environment uh, to help get them to the help that they need? 
how do we understand better how to de-escalate issues that that are going to come up with that, that are mental health focused and we know that this return to school this fall which i, I think will be the first step toward normalcy with with schools i think we'll see most schools go back into session in some form this fall uh, around labor day probably we know that we're going to be facing a mental health crisis like we've never seen before with students we know that and so our folks really want to be have really have their head on a swivel about that and so we're going to be real focused on that this coming week uh michelle gay a wonderful sandy hook mom uh, has been engaged with us for a number of years now. She's done some fantastic work. She's going to be leading a panel session on that very topic uh, on Tuesday here at our conference. So we're going to be really focused on that. Yeah, I know you bring up some really good points. Uh, we've heard about the, the mental uh, health of students from being away from you know, various levels of homeschooling or uh, remote learning. And uh, the socialization is a big part of that, right? And we also know that school resource officers across the country are mandated reporters. And we know that children across the country have probably suffered as a result of not being in contact with, you know, the school health programs, you know, we used to call them the school nurse and school resource officer program. So it's great to hear that you're going to be talking about that. Uh, are you doing actual training in how to identify the problems and then uh, give the resources to the SROs? NASRO actually uh, delivers a uh, an adolescent mental health training specifically for SROs. Uh, we've been doing that across the country for uh, a little over three years now. Uh, it's been a very very valuable training uh, for us and for the uh, for the officers that attend. And so we we'll can certainly con uh, continue to deliver that. During the conference, we're also going to have another group come come in to do a mental health work uh, first aid workshop. Uh, it'll be a, a day long workshop, uh, and it, again, it will be touched on probably in just about every aspect of of what we do. I know that just our opening keynote speaker on Monday morning, which we're very excited to have Dr. Kevin Elko with us. Uh, and uh, Dr. Elko is certainly going to be touching on a lot of these mental health issues from a standpoint of how we move forward with those and how we better connect with folks and encourage them. And that's going to relate right into how our folks work hard to encourage students as, as they come back into that school environment. That's great. Well, that's really uh, encouraging to hear. So um, back to the you know the last year 2020 and even through the beginning of 2021 you know on the national media they're talking about defunding police agencies we've seen agencies cut by millions of dollars is it just popular uh, media that we're seeing uh when they talk about the scrutiny of sros and and removing them from schools uh, it, where i'm from in, in california we've seen a couple of major cities actually do that, uh, remove um, school police agencies. Uh, I've heard about it happening uh, up in Oregon, Washington State, uh, Colorado. What about the rest of the country? Is this a real issue or, or is it only surgically happening in, in spots around uh, maybe the West Coast side of the, the country? You know, I like your phrase surgical. I would also say it seems to be occurring in, in just a few pockets. Uh, and uh, right now, I think we're looking at about 33 districts that have either uh, wanted to kick SROs out, 
uh, or to uh, make significant changes that, that really hamstring the program at, at the end of the day. So 33, 33. Um, you know, that I, I know that gets people's attention and it becomes a news story, but it's 33. And quite frankly, I've been around for a long time. And I'm not trying to be overly critical here, but many of those 33 were looking for an excuse. And so what we saw was, was a really quick knee-jerk reaction after the George Floyd murder, especially on the part of Minneapolis School District, then came Denver, then came Portland. And again, most of those uh, 33, we have had the opportunity to have very little interaction with. Uh, for the most part, it's the most of those, most of those that have done that. Uh, again, we have very few members affected by that. Now, the ones that are affected, they're affected and we feel badly for them. But we know where our strength is, and it's in, it's in some metropolitan areas like Chicago, uh, where we've been very strong. Uh, Atlanta Public Schools have been very strong there. But, but when it comes down to large suburban to rural communities, uh, most of those communities would be hard-pressed to think about trying to get rid of their SRO programs because the community support for those programs and for those officers is strong. Uh, very strong. Um, you know, even student support. As a matter of fact, we saw some, some recent information out of Virginia, a study conducted by the University of Virginia that I'll be sharing at the end of this month at, at the Virginia uh, School Safety Conference. And that is that the clear majority of students feel that the SRO makes them safer at school, like in the mid 70% uh, range saying that they agree or strongly agree. We know we've got good student support out there for the most part. Yes, we occasionally hear uh, small groups of students who, uh, who you know, respond in such a way that they'd like to see SROs out, but it really is, I'm not seeing that on a large scale through any community. Yeah. Well, I'd love to get into a couple more issues that are that are pressing about today's SRO programs. But first, I'd like to take a moment for our sponsor. PoliceOne.com is the number one resource for your up-to-the-minute law enforcement news, training, and incident analysis. Our mission is to provide you with the information you need to better protect your communities and your safety. Becoming a Police One member is quick, easy, and free. Once registered, you will receive access to secure law enforcement-only training and video tips, articles and sections, and a subscription to our award-winning law enforcement newsletters. Go to policeone.com forward slash registration to sign up today. That's policeone, the number one, dot com forward slash registration. And I'm back with Mo Kennedy, the executive director of the National Association of School Resource Officers. We're here in Florida at their annual conference. And um, we know you're going to be talking about mental health and some other issues. Uh, what else are you talking? Uh, what's what's the message going out to today's SRO? Are you changing things up? Or are you saying, hey, get back in there, meet with your administration the teachers, the students uh, be everywhere all the time. What's what's the main uh, thrust of this year's conference? I think there's a reason that you're not seeing and we're not seeing in large part um, 
districts and agencies where we have members making these horrible decisions to, to kick SROs out of school. Uh, and I think there's a reason for that. And I think it's because as an association, we've been ahead of the curve on this. Uh, and it's because we have great members and fantastic board members and staff members who are constantly working to improve what we do every day. Uh, several years ago, we introduced a block um, professionally written block into our basic course on the issue of implicit bias and diversity, helping SROs better understand how to overcome maybe their own implicit bias to be able to work more effectively um, with diverse students, whether that's racially, ethnically, culturally, uh, LGBTQ students, uh, to understand how to reach across sometimes those divides and, and to really be able to connect with students in a powerful way. Uh, and they've done that. They've been doing that for years. Uh, I go all the way back to when I was an SRO back in the Stone Ages, right? Uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s, uh, we were already doing those kind of things, quite frankly, without the training. We were doing it because we were passionate about the job and passionate about the students. And that's what we see in, in, in our members. Um, I think when you look at the work that we do around adolescent brain development, that's been in play for us for about 10 years now. And we're better understanding what that means for SROs and, and officers all over the country, quite frankly, and how to better de-escalate things that are going on with youth. Um, we want to be able to de-escalate situations and we understand how that adolescent brain is working a little bit better, helps you to understand why they're responding the way they do. You know, having, again, a better understanding of adolescent mental health issues and having that specific training that we have. So our message is not so much that we need to be doing something different, but that we need to continue doing the things that we've been doing as an association, as our members do uh, consistently, that we're focused on doing those great things every day, that we have our head on a swivel around mental health issues, around the importance of connecting through relationship. As we see through the National Police Foundation, the Averted School Violence Database has a lot to say about who we are and what we do. We have many cases of SROs who have heard gunfire, gone to that gunfire and stopped it in Maryland, in Illinois, in Florida, in different locations, in Colorado. Uh, we've seen that happen. We have those cases. But now we have cases uh, that are directly related to SROs through relationships, receiving valuable intelligence and being able to use that to conduct an investigation, stop an act of violence before it ever occurs. At the end of the day here, what we're preaching about is not so much that we need to change the training that we're doing. We're always looking to make it better, but we want to make sure that every SRO in this country has the opportunity to take this training. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the Police Foundation report. Uh, we actually had a guest on uh, a show and they talked about the report and I thought 107 or 109 incidents averted was a very conservative number. You know, it's hard to prove a negative. It's hard it to is. it's hard to prove prevention, but I'm sure it's, you know, tenfold that. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at with my question is, in light of what we've seen about the scrutiny of police in general um, and the defund movements, is there uh, any indication that school resource officers should go back and 
explain again how it works? I mean, I've heard from teachers who say, well, all I've seen is that they stand in the hallway. Uh, I don't know how they get here. Doesn't, you know, they, they may have an opinion without really knowing what the school resource officer does. I think the best programs are those where the school administrators or teachers actually get a, a, a place in the process of interviewing potential school resource officers to be placed at their schools. I think that's you know one step towards transparency. Is transparency and community relations part of uh, this year's conference? Oh, transparency is always a big part of what we do, both ways. And when I say both ways, uh, you know what I mean by that is that um, we like having the opportunity to deal with the facts and to deal with the data. And let let me just share an example of that. It's uh, there are activists out there who are very quick to attempt to throw good SROs under the school to prison pipeline bus. Yeah. And I flatly reject that uh, as our members do. Um, We know we know how we handle arrests in our schools. Uh, And we know that that good SROs are great filters to arrest. Take all the SROs out of school and see what happens to juvenile arrest. And, and let me talk about that from a fact standpoint. From 1996 to 2019, we just got the new 2019 update. From 96 to 2019, juvenile arrests in this country have plummeted 74%. 74%. We were arresting in this country around 2.7 million juveniles a year in 1996. Mm. And it has dropped to 74% by 74% of that. During that same period of time, right around 1996, the growth in SROs begins. You've got those two lines intersecting with one going up and one going down. The presence of SROs in schools is rising in phenomenal numbers from 1996 on as juvenile arrests plummet across this country. Again, take those filters to arrest out of school and have the school call 911 when they have an incident. And we're going to see those numbers go back up. There's no doubt in my mind. So that's just one example, again, of, of when we talk about uh, being open uh, with, with information, it, it has to go both ways. Uh, certainly, when we see an SRO uh, that is in a difficult circumstance, has made a bad decision, has not responded in the way that they should, we want to talk about that. We want to understand the reasons why. And by and large, in, in those, those biggest examples of that, when we see that, what we find is they haven't been through our training. Not that that may have solved all the problems, but we're not able to speak to how they were trained or how they were selected. And the selection process is the key. We're going to be talking about that next week, how important it is to make sure we're getting the right people into this position. And again, being in so many different state association conferences this this past uh, few weeks and seeing all the new SROs coming into this, not brand new officers, but veteran officers, young officers becoming SROs now, it was really refreshing. It It was really great to engage with them and to see their passion and to help educate them in this process. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, and, and well, you should be. It's, uh, you know, it's a tough recruiting time in law enforcement uh, across the country, but it's it's really good to hear that, uh, you know, there's no drop off in school resource officers, uh, by and large. My, I, I'd like to wrap up and just ask you, 
are we seeing any uh, evidence-based reports of the effectiveness of school resource officers? Are you seeing any support on the federal level from the Department of Justice or, or anybody like that? Any Anybody from Congress calling for um, more examples of how SROs are making schools better and reducing violence and bullying and, and everything else? You know, most, most people who are willing to be honest about it will agree that the research around SROs is lacking. It's desperately lacking. And there are a lot of complicating factors in trying to collect good research. I, absolutely, there are. And you spoke to one of those just a few minutes ago. It's hard to quantify, uh, you know, law enforcement presence. Uh, it, it really is. And, uh, you know, as a former law enforcement officer, how much crime did I stop by my presence? I'll never know. Uh, and so that is very difficult to, de to determine. But one of the things, for instance, that, that some of uh, uh, the active activists who are opposed to SROs will try to bring up again is SROs and arrest rates. Well, there's not really a, a national data on nailing that down specifically to an SRO that's at school every day that is carefully selected, specifically trained. Is it, is it an on-view arrest? Is it, you know, is it a warrant that was issued from the court? Is it an investigator that's come and made the arrest? There's no separation of that. And so that, that makes it really difficult to, again, get really good solid research on SROs. So I'm, I'm out there saying uh, it, it, you know, there's just not good research that exists around effectiveness or ineffectiveness. Yeah. And again, thinking about those things that we really can't quantify. Sure. Uh, I think that the best we have for most of us right now is some really good anecdotal stuff. And I think uh, we, we have a, a really massive survey project that we did last year with over 2000 of our members. And those findings are gonna be released here at the conference on Tuesday morning ahead of Michelle's session. So I'm really excited to get that out uh, in the public. And uh, again, anecdotal things like, like the school shootings that have been stopped by SROs, the averted school violence issues. You know, some of the, some of the really informal surveys we do with our members on arrests. Uh, and I've done several of those over the last few weeks. And the majority in terms of arrests during a school year, it's that right there. It's zero. Sure. Uh, and so not that everybody is able to do that. And sometimes an arrest, we have to make it, but we definitely want to avoid it in that circumstance. Awesome. And any funding coming your way? You see any of that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, listen, the Department of Justice has been a great partner of ours for many years through three administrations now. Uh, we've had some really good uh, um, exchange with um, our new Associate Attorney General, Gupta, and uh, we actually are looking forward to a, a meeting uh, with her office uh, in the near future. And uh, so I really appreciate the support there. Uh, the uh, COPS office, again, has been a great friend to NASRO for many years, and uh, we are just receiving uh, some additional grant funding from them to train uh, officers who are hired through their CHIPS grants. And I really wanna say this about the COPS office. I, I love that they wanna make sure that the officers they're funding to work in schools are specifically trained and that they are willing to trust us to do that. And it's been an ongoing relationship for, gosh, a couple of decades. And so I really appreciate the COPS office. Well, that's great to hear. And 
I want to thank you for being on the show today and thanks for your leadership uh, with school resource officers. They're so important for anybody who hasn't been a school resource officer who thinks it might be an easy job. Guess again, it's probably really difficult because you're dealing with juveniles, some juveniles that don't want to go along with the program, parents, teachers, administrators, and a whole different set of laws that deal with, with juveniles. So thanks for your, your leadership and good luck at your conference. Thanks, Jim. And I really appreciate what you just had to say. It really is the most unique assignment in law enforcement, and it has a lot of challenges. So thank you for the time today. Yeah, you bet. All right. Well, thanks for listening to our listeners. Thanks a lot. Um, let us know how your school resource officer programs are going in your agency, your jurisdiction. If you'd like to drop us a line, shoot us an email at policing matters. <laughs> Policing matters at police1.com. That's policing matters at police1.com. And I'll get back to you or somebody from the team. And thanks so much for listening. I hope everybody's well. Stay safe. I'm your host, Jim Dudley.